What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Anthony Davis, boy. You know, I, I would say it's a tough shot, but no shot is tough for that guy. He's unbelievable. There's the nickel. 50. 50 for Anthony Davis. Uh, he's got 50 points in 37 minutes. everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast where it's only fitting that AD would drop Fitty in a Lakers jersey because the last three Lakers to do so are him, LeBron James, and Kobe. Three Hall of Fame Lakers legends. So it only made sense. Fitty sense. Alan, did you did you follow that? Fifty Fitty sense? <laughs> Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I was gonna try to include some lyrics, but uh, I don't, I don't know if it's appropriate, so I'm just gonna refrain. You can from find that. me in the club, bottle full of bump. <laughs> um, I think Lizzo would like dancing to that, right? Oh no, no, no! <laughs> we don't need any more of that. I'm not saying we, I'm not saying we want to see it, but <laughs> fair. Uh, Alan, welcome to the show. Can you believe it? They really let LeBron James and Anthony Davis play on the same team. Yeah, they should have vetoed that, dude. It's just uh, it's just too good. <laughs> good point. Out of all the trades they vetoed, right, from the CP3 to Kobe, they probably should have vetoed this one instead. And in a roundabout way, Anthony Davis is our consolation prize for missing out on Chris Paul. Anyways, welcome to the Lakers Legacy Podcast. As you all know, Anthony Davis dropped 50 points as a Laker last night, and uh, 
After last night, LeBron James and Anthony Davis became the first two Lakers teammates since Shaq and Kobe back in 2003 to combine for 70-plus points in a single game, scoring 82, which is just stupid to even say. The Lakers are 21-3, tying a franchise-best record to start a season off, and they are now one win off from having sole claim to the best start ever in franchise history. Alan, can you even comprehend that? It's. It feels like we're living in an alternate universe. <laughs> this yes. is a dream or something. It, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah, it is pretty hard to fathom at this point. Such a quick turnaround, um, just from what it's been for more than half a decade at this point. And uh, to be this superior, you know, and even comparing it to former teams that we've been able to watch play that were dominant, uh, this is something special. Yeah, and you know, we, we typically, over the last few years, we have used the phrase could things possibly get worse? But it seems like this season, it's the exact opposite, where it's been a continual snowball of the best is yet to come. And we're almost like, can it get any better? And it seems to always continually get better somehow as the weeks trek on. So it's been so fun to follow this season. On top of that, the Lakers are road warriors. They have won 11 straight on the road. They have not lost outside of Staples Center. It's just all these stats and these milestones are insane. Um, updated rankings for the Lakers. They are still number one in first, blocks. First, first, first. I'm just kidding. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, it's, it's yeah. pretty close. Uh, they are number one in blocks, even after last night's weird game where they only had one block in total. I think that's an anomaly. Um, they are number three in steals, which is great. They've creeped up. They've slowly been creeping up throughout the season in that department. They are number one in field goal percentage. No surprise there. Number four in assists. And when it comes to advanced stats, they are number three in overall net rating behind the Dallas Mavericks and Milwaukee Bucks. They are number three in defensive rating. They are number five in offensive rating now, which is it's it's been insane to kind of watch them slowly start off from like number 15 to the point they are now. Like having a number five offensive rating in the league and obviously the last few games, how many have they scored? They've scored 142 the last game. 136 against the Portland Trailblazers, 121 against the Utah Jazz on the road. So, yeah, they have definitely improved offensively. And then most importantly, well, not most importantly, but most surprisingly, they have jumped up to number six in three-point percentage. So anything to say about those stats and rankings, Alan? Are you surprised about any of those? I guess three-point percentage surprises me a little. I would have thought, you know, like top 10, but uh, almost cracking that top five at number six and uh, one of our best shooters who's brought that percentage up is Rondo, who is the next <laughs> Jason Kidd when it comes to a late career kind of um, not even a resurgence. It's just finding his shot altogether. So the fact that he is a significant contributor to that is is stunning. Exactly. Um, also, by the way, Anthony Davis's career high is 59 points back in 2016. Man, what a crazy night last night. But before we get into that game, this episode will pretty much be dedicated to Anthony Davis's 50-point performance, his outstanding 50-point performance. Um, as usual, please follow us on Twitter, at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes, because the more you rate and review us, that's how many more squad goals, boy band spread, unofficial team photos the Lakers will be taking on cramped planes from now till the end of this season. Alan, did you see my tweet where I reposted that picture, but then overlaid the Terrace House opening new doors theme song on top of it? Oh, what the? No, I did not. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm about to check that out the second we finish. Just imagine the plane photo and then, I'm trying to live, I'm trying to hope, I'm trying to love, I'm trying to cope. Life's a war that few of us survive. And I'm just trying to make it out alive. Boom. <laughs> And they just imagine everybody like looking pretty, you know, hard in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great that you deviated from like the standard full house kind of introduction that everybody has been doing. Um, so yeah, there you go. I like that. Or I, I've actually seen people put like some pretty dope hip hop rap music that slaps pretty hard on top of that song because it is a pretty cool looking picture. You know, someone would oh, probably sure. put Nipsey Hustle or something on top of that. But I was like, let me just go totally just left a slightly field on di- this. Just a slightly different direction. <laughs> but surprisingly, it fits perfectly. And by perfectly, it means it's so random that it's 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 amazing. <laughs> um, and if you don't know what Terrace House is, check it out on Netflix. It is pretty much Big Brother Japanese style, but more realistic and also shot very aesthetically aesthetically pleasing shot in a very aesthetically pleasing asmr way and uh check out terrace house opening new doors to see where that theme song (laughs) is from um but yeah alan how did you like seeing just that picture that camaraderie that show of brotherhood on the plane the other day did you see the um side by side of one of those team photos that had uh ryan kelly yes i did nick young yeah yeah, yeah that one uh and like pow and steve nash are in that picture too but then you just look at the rest of that squad jordan hill was in that picture jeremy lynn um oh yeah jay lynn of course um i can't believe i'm blanking on his name dude that's such a good thing the center who the the dude who's playing in japan now Sacre. Horribly unathletic. Sacre, yeah, Robert Sacre. Dude, the fact that I couldn't remember his name for a split second is actually a very good sign. Dang. Yeah, but uh, just contrasting those two pictures, <laughs> it's crazy how far we've come. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. So if you want more of those types of pictures from this amazing Lakers squad, please rate and review us on iTunes. And speaking of rating and reviews... Tonight, <coughs> Alan will Alan will be reading the review of the night, and in celebration of Mr. Anthony Davis putting up 50 points, Alan will attempt to do an Anthony Davis impression. Please, we're going to caveat and qualify this. This is the first time he's doing this. Consider this a, a beta test. He's workshopping this one out. So I think the fans will be very forgiving, Alan. So with that said... The review of the night, read by Alan Riley, a.k.a. Anthony the Brow Davis. <clears throat> Lit. The Corey C. Um, your intros are the best. Um, very well written. Um, I always look forward to what, <laughs> to what you can come up with for those. Um, A plus for the podcast as a whole. Let, let, let. <laughs> Wait, what was that last word, Anthony Davis? <laughs> lit. Oh, lit. 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 There we go. I was go. trying to get the frogginess in the voice, but I'm telling you, dude, it sound, make him sound like Shaggy. <laughs> no, that was perfect. Thank lit, you. Lit, lit. Thank you, Anthony Davis. <laughs> you sound like you're from, like... Wisconsin or something. Sounds like crap. <laughs> no, 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 it was a great first attempt. We'll continue to work on it. 
Gotta get Tommy to do it next time. Oh, you know his is the best. Exactly. Uh, but thank you, Alan, for doing that review. Thank you for putting me in that position. I appreciate that. <laughs> was it Corey C who did the? Review? It was the Corey C. Yes, the Corey C. Thank you so much for reading that review. I appreciate that you like the intros that I spend so much time to write, even though they are very hit or miss from episode to episode. We appreciate that. And also, I think we're at 386 reviews right now, ratings and reviews. That's 14 away from 200. Or sorry, 14 away from 200. <laughs> uh, plus 200. Hashtag math. <laughs> Hashtag word of operations. That's 14 away from 400. And as you all know, we're trying to get to 400 ratings and reviews before 2019 ends. So if you could please help us out in that respect, uh, that would be amazing. Um, and if you could help us usher in 2020 with at least 400 reviews, that would be great. Because guess what happens when you multiply 20 by 20, Alan? That's right. You get 400 reviews. So <laughs> I made up for my math my math mistake there. You go, there. there you go. Uh, so yes, please help us reach that mark. We would really appreciate it. And uh, some of the reviews that have been coming in have been like really awesome to read um, just on a very sincere level. So please keep that up. It really helps us uh, keep going and keeps us motivated and whatnot. But uh, yeah. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Anthony Davis. You know, we're all just trying to leave. We're trying to hope. We're trying to love. We're trying to cope. <laughs> Life's a world that few of us survive. <laughs> and I'm just trying to make it out alive. <laughs> Let's talk about... <laughs> Hold on, let me compose myself. <laughs> Um, okay, so this is how tonight's episode is going to go. We are first going to talk about Anthony Davis's dominant 50-point performance and just recap really quickly the Minnesota Timberwolves game. And then after that, we'll talk about the Lakers in general because, as you all know, they finally faced some good opponents and finally won some games that quote-unquote count. And we'll get Alan's thoughts on how legitimate he thinks the Lakers are now and maybe how possibly apprehensive and nervous he was going into this last week so i think we'll pitch it to our sponsors and then when we return we'll talk about anthony davis's uh 50 point performance uh and yeah get into the timberwolves game so we will catch you guys on the turn all right so we're back Allen, the Lakers won 142 to 125 against the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that's a night after beating portland on the road 136 to 113 Anthony Davis shot 20 of 29 from the field. Guess what that field goal percentage is, Alan? 20 out of 29. So if 20 at 30 is 66.66 bar, 29 is one less than 30. It's got to be greater than that. Am I right? 69. Oh, that's a good number. (laughs) It is a very good number. So good. So good. All right, so he shot my 69%. We're so mature. <laughs> he shot 69% from the field, and he was a great Asian student getting 10 out of 10 from the free throw line. Shout out to Terrace House. <laughs> Shout out to Terrace House for some reason. 100% from the Asian. free throw line. All right. 50 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 4 steals, 1 block. Yeah, I guess just give me your thoughts on watching this dominant performance unfold. And he did it. In a pretty easy fashion, you almost he didn't exert that much effort. I think a lot of the reason for that was because 
he was rim running a lot and he was getting out into transition a lot to the point where all LeBron James had to do was pitch it out to him like he has been doing all season with these Lamar Jackson full court passes. And all Anthony Davis had to do was dunk it and lay it in from there. But outside of that, and and I guess that kind of got him rolling and going. But after that, then he started displaying his tremendous footwork in the paint. I think he had an absurd percentage from the paint last night. It was crazy. Started showing off his left hand, his pivot moves. And then he had a couple like, dribble in between the legs into step-back jumpers on Jordan Bell and Carl Anthony Towns. Um, he made Carl Anthony Towns look like a ragdoll last night, man. I have never seen Cat look that confused before and trying so hard to try and contain this behemoth of a, of a man who also is so skilled and so fluid with the ball. It's It was just incredible to watch. And um, yeah, so just just talk to me about Anthony Davis and what you saw last night. Yeah, like you said, uh, he was really taking advantage of Minnesota's really awful uh, transition defense. It reminded me a lot of the game that uh, Tommy, you and I went to against Atlanta a few weeks back. How the first quarter just started out with touchdown pass after touchdown pass, right? Um, It was the exact same game plan. Uh, I haven't looked up Minnesota's transition defense numbers and metrics, but... Uh, if it's anything like it was on Sunday night, it must not be very good. And it's something that, you know, we've been trying to do against teams. I think it's pretty obvious. We we get the rebound and we push it, and it's not simply by, you know, whoever our primary ball handler, ball handler is bringing up the court. We're doing it with the pass. And um, it's, I guess it's something we can kind of pay a little more attention to is on the defensive end, like where is Anthony Davis positioned, right? And like, how is he getting these easy leakouts? Some of it, I guess, is because if he's guarding Towns and Towns is out on the perimeter um, and he doesn't get back in time, then he's going to be able to get out there very easily. So that's something that I'll look for, like against Orlando in the next couple days, um, <clears throat> just to see if there's some sort of pattern there. But mm-hmm. that was cool. Um, his running... I don't even know like what to call it. It's like a running floater, right? That he does. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of like drifting too. He's definitely not going straight up. Uh, that's like his his signature move, and it's obviously something that we've we've seen before this season. But again, when you see a guy play against you three or four times a year it's hard to really pick up on what their go-to moves are. And we all know that New Orleans is rarely featured on national national television. So um, that's something that I, I've personally learned a lot about his game is that's his go-to. He's obviously got the jump hook. Like you said, he has all the footwork going on. Um, and his shot is just falling. If we remember when the season started, first like couple weeks or so, like, oh, man, his shot is uh, it's pretty inconsistent right now from the perimeter. Um, but that's a thing of the past. Um, I mean, yesterday the, he only took, I feel like three shots <laughs> outside of the paint or something like that. Um, yeah. I don't think he even shot a very good percentage, uh, as he did those, but there was no need to, because he was doing his work in the paint the whole time. And, uh, just last thought on that was I was watching the post game show on, um, Sportsnet, and I think Karam Butler made a comparison and said, he reminds him a lot of Kevin Garnett right now yeah 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 in terms of comps for anthony davis it's it's really hard to come up with one you know because he is such a such a unicorn he's so unique but i do think the kg one is is very appropriate so uh yeah dude it's last night was just so dominant 
it's completely unstoppable um, in a league of his own. And I mean, defensive player of the year is something that just seems like is wrapped up for him almost. And yeah. uh, in terms of the MVP race, he's he, he should be right in there, in my opinion. I think Vegas has him ranked like fourth or something like that, like 15 to one odds. But um, I could see that increasing for sure. Oh, for sure. I think the unfortunate part about that is Anthony Davis and LeBron James are likely going to cannibalize each other in that department. Yeah. But when it comes to defensive player of the year, there is absolutely no question Anthony Davis. And it's not even about him leading the league in blocks anymore, right? It's just how he influences the entire defense and the game and the shots that aren't even attempted because Anthony Davis is in the paint. That's the most important part and how he's pretty much just shifted the entire culture of how our defenses run. And some underrated things about Anthony Davis's performance last night was one, he got four steals. He was stripping guys. And then on a couple of those strips, he led the break and found guys like Caruso, like knifing into the lane. His passes were really underrated. He found Kyle Kuzma for a nice two-handed dunk. And it just came so easily to him, like 20 for 29. That performance actually kind of reminded me of a former Laker big in Andrew Bynum when he got 42 points against the Clippers because uh, I felt like Andrew Bynum also had a very similar sort of ease with how he got those points. Andrew Bynum in that game back in 2009 shot 17 of 24. Um, He had 42 points, 15 assists, or sorry, 15 assists, 15 rebounds, and three blocks. So in that sense, and and I feel like he also got a lot of his points in transition as well. But for Anthony Davis, outside of the transition buckets that he got because he ran the floor so well, the one thing that stands out to me always about Anthony Davis is how fluid he looks on the court and how he's able to sort of just, you know, dance around with the ball a little bit. And then he makes one little fake or jab step. And because he's so long, he's already at the rim, you know, and it's just super impressive how versatile this guy is and and couple that with how he's been shooting from the three point line recently. And yeah, he's just a dangerous, dangerous human being. And like I said, he made Carl Anthony Towns look just completely lost the entire night. And Carl Anthony Towns is supposed to be his like protege, you know, and you could not have seen a more apparent discrepancy between the two, right? Not only was Carl Anthony Towns having a hard time trying to contain Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis held Cat to like seven of 16 shooting and he pretty much was not a presence last night. So just an amazing performance overall by Anthony Davis. Before we move on to like the general topic of the Lakers' recent stretch, let's not forget LeBron James' performance. He was six of eight from three. That one three-point shot that he that he hoisted from like oh, right after someone on Minnesota saved it under our basket, might have been Gorgie Jang or something. That one, right? Yeah, and there was twenty-four seconds yep, still exactly. on the shot. He's just you know exactly. what? I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm gonna take it and. It went in like a frozen rope. That was incredible. Speaking of Gorgie Dang, the, that dunk oh, by LeBron James. Speaking of not taking threes when it looks like you're going to take a three. <laughs> oh, that's one of those plays where he actually did not take it, right? Exactly. Because it, he did his like looking at the he, ball. and then oh. <laughs> He knows. He knows everyone knows. So now no one knows. <laughs> but uh, tell me about how you were feeling when you saw LeBron James knife into the lane and then absolutely crush Gorgie Dang's life with that one-handed jam where his... His hand was above the, you know, that square, pretty much, yeah, right yeah, above, above the, the square. rim. Yeah, yeah. And I think he posted a picture on Instagram that Clutch took of, like, a freeze frame of that shot. And it looked super majestic, the way that he was just floating in the air and Gorgie Dang was entangled, couldn't do anything about it. And uh, 
Yeah, that was insane. A 35, 35 years old? Yeah, yeah. It, it looked ridiculous, obviously, because he was dunking with the right hand, right? But he was going to the left. So he, like, dunked with the wrong hand. He's going away from the basket out of bounds. So that was freaking ridiculous. And it, it looked like he was standing on a ladder. And then Gorgie Jang was, like, standing on the floor. That's how much higher he was yep. than him. So, uh, yeah, I, I yelled like a maniac when that happened. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. Sorry, LeBron James is 34, but he is turning 35, turning 35 on December 30th. So what he did last night, just biding his time, picking and choosing his spots the way he has been. And he was in so much season. foul trouble, too. <laughs> yes. I mean, it was just incredible. 32 points, 13 assists, 6 of 8 from 3, 1 steal. How many minutes? Like 29 27. or something? That is 27. Yeah. nuts. That's ridiculous. That ridiculous. Because he, he came out of the first quarter after like five or six minutes, like his usual time. And then he immediately picked up his third foul, like to start the second with maybe like eight minutes left to go or something like that. So then he almost sat the rest of the half. And then he tried to take that charge. <laughs> he picked up another foul. Yeah. Um yeah, so the fact that it didn't take him out of rhythm, obviously, and was still able to produce uh, in very, very limited and kind of sporadic minutes and rotations is e- extremely impressive. Yeah, to see both of these guys put up these NBA 2K-like stats but not have to exert that much effort is incredible to just even think about. And, you know, they're both helping each other out. Here's a question. Is Anthony Davis the best teammate that LeBron James has ever had? Oh, wow. Um, Probably, dude. Like at this stage, in, at these stages in their careers and things like that, right? And I think resume-wise, you probably can't compare it yet to D-Wade because right. by this point, D-Wade had already won a championship. Yep. But statistically, and then if you think about how Anthony Davis is just a physical, imposing freak, it's almost no contest, right? Because as good as D-Wade is on both ends of the floor, at the end of the day, he's a 6'4 guard, right? Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is a 6'10 dude with a 7'3 wingspan moving around like a wing and a guard on the court and affecting the game on both ends. Yeah, I think the answer to that question is yes. This is like the most physically imposing teammate that LeBron James has ever had. And I know a lot of people before this season were worried, "Uh uh-oh, is he going to turn Anthony Davis into Chris Bosh or Kevin Love? No. (laughs) Yeah, that's absurd. (laughs) Resounding no. Well, and you can think about like this, like one could... right it'll be really hard i don't even know what my answer is but you can make the argument that at this point like maybe it's like hard to say like some people might say anthony davis is the best player on the team but i think most people say lebron is the best player on this team but it's it's pretty close right when it was Mm -hmm. miami like lebron was definitely better than d wade like there was no question about it and lebron's game has not dropped off since he was a miami heat player if anything he's better now than he was then so the fact that it's a conversation between, well, who's better at this point, LeBron or AD, uh, that's a conversation. I think that could tell you that AD is LeBron's best teammate he's had. That's very true, and that's a good point. I think right now, intangibly, LeBron James is just because of the experience right. and everything he's gone through, is the best player on the team. But if you're just stacking up physical specimens and the tools that they have to work with, Anthony Davis, you could probably make the case for Anthony Davis um, in a vacuum. And you know, in the next, you know, one or two years, 
I mean, yeah. LeBron is clearly passing the torch to Anthony Davis and the experience that Anthony Davis is getting being under LeBron James, that stuff is invaluable, you know? So yeah, it's just nuts to think about. All right, really quickly to wrap this game up, just wanted to shout out KCP these last couple of games. He had five assists. He's been lobbing it to guys and just- You know me. <laughs> you down with KCP. Yeah, yeah you, know you know me. me. You down with KCP. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> Hey, shout out to KCP, man. Five assists, one turnover. Um, Keeping it simple, stupid. Not dribbling the ball as much. Really finding guys on those lobs. And uh, Danny Green, four for six from three. I've been waiting for like a Danny Green bust out game since pretty much the Clippers game. And here and there, he's had like, here's two threes, here's three threes. But it's been pretty inconsistent recently. So it was nice to see him get a four for six game where the percentage followed the volume and he was hot. So... Shout out to Danny Green. Allen, really quickly. Alex Caruso, 16 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds, 0 turnovers, 2 steals, 6 for 11 from the field, 2 of 3 from 3. He was knifing into the lane relentlessly and scoopedy doing it up. Someone adjusted his layup sliders all the way to the right last (laughs) night, apparently. Um, And he looked confident as ever, taking it into the paint and probably got roughed up a little, but it didn't matter. He was reverse... Some of his reverse layups were... I didn't know he had that in his bag because to start the season off, he was having a difficult time finishing around the rim, to be honest with you. Um, But last night, that was not the case. And uh, just your thoughts on Alex Caruso coming into his own. And those four assists were, you know, pretty spectacular. He just had command over the floor and was finding guys like Anthony Davis as they were running down the the paint. And... uh, I think that was the most confident and composed that I've seen Alex Caruso all season, in spite of the fact that he has been consistently one of our best defenders on the court. Uh, do you have his plus minus in front of you? For last night? Yeah. Uh, he was only plus seven, but I don't think that's indicative. So of last night was impact. a weird game as yeah. far as that kind of stuff goes. Yeah, because he's had other games where he doesn't score one point, right? And then he had a plus 21 or something a few nights ago. Well, his his net rating, his net rating with like LeBron James and Anthony Davis is like absurd. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, yeah, it says it all when LeBron posts <laughs> on his Instagram story that uh, Alex Crusoe is one of the big three with him and AD. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's like, you know, we we can't joke about it. Like, oh, I think he's our third guy. But I mean, in terms of a guy that you can count on and rely upon to to play well, um, I mean, I, I have a lot of faith in him, right? You're not going to see too many off nights from him where he's actually kind of hurting our team. So whether he's scoring or affecting things on other ends of the floor, whether it's like taking charges and that sort of thing, uh, you just feel really comfortable and confident with that guy um, just being a professional when he's out there. And like you said yesterday, he he had to show off his offensive skill set and uh, – yeah, when he had like that reverse layup on the baseline and um, just showing off that touch around the rim. I mean, those things are that's just like a cherry on top. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, his ability to distribute the ball to LeBron and AD. I mean, that's becoming a, a normal and regular thing. Uh, I watched an episode of Backstage Lakers recently, and he even said, like, yeah, like I, I do think about the fact that um, when I'm out there on the floor with those two guys, it's not something I ever would have imagined. If you told me when I was in college or something like that, that this would be the case, I would laugh. I would not believe it whatsoever. Um, so yeah, dude, he's, he's just, uh, such a solid contributor to this team. And, um, 
again, we've we've said in episodes before that it's becoming normal at this point. It, it isn't some like crazy occurrence that oh my gosh, we never could have seen this coming. It's it's almost becoming an expectation, which is uh, which is great. Well, and his floor is just stellar defender. When that's your floor, I mean, you're always going to get time. I think the one thing I didn't expect was for him to have this role so early on in the season. We're still, yeah, we just finished the quarter mark and. Alex Caruso is a staple part of our rotation, which is just nuts to think about. Um, Lastly, Kyle Kuzma. I know he only had seven points, shot three of seven, only one of three from three-point land. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on Kuzma because I know everybody has been microscopically dissecting this guy and comparing him to last season when he averaged 19 points. And um, I just want to say again that on this team... It's so easy to fall into the trap that you look at Kyle Kuzma's stats, 11 points, 3.4 rebounds, 0.9 assists, and say, oh, this dude's regressed. Maybe he wasn't anything after all. 6'9", Jordan Clarkson. And I just want to say again, let's take a step back, apply further context, especially this season when with how everything has sort of flipped on a dime. And I think if you look closer, you'll realize that Kyle Kuzma is not far off from what he's been doing. It's just that in the context of what this team needs on a night-to-night basis, it's not the same anymore. And on any given night, we can have two or three different players step up. You know, if you look at the role players not named Anthony Davis and um, LeBron James, has anyone really been consistent? No. I mean, they brought it consistently on the defensive end, but stat counting stats-wise, nobody's really been consistent. And Kyle Kuzma had that one stretch, five-game stretch, where he shot 15 of 32 from three-point land and was averaging around 18 points, right? And I think just on a, on a night-to-night basis, different guys, because this team is loaded with a lot of veterans who can step up, and it's almost like a staggered window sort of setup where, all right, maybe... Kyle Kuzma doesn't have it going tonight. Maybe Alex Caruso doesn't have it going, but Rajon Rondo has it going, and so does KCP. We've seen KCP go through horrible slumps, but guess what? Avery Bradley's got it going. Danny Green's got it going. Wait, Danny Green hasn't been hitting a bunch of threes, but you know what? You know who is? KCP's hitting a bunch of threes tonight. So because Anthony Davis and LeBron James are so good, on a team like this, Kyle Kuzma is not required to put up 15 shots because one there's not 15 shots to go around for that third player and so I I I think just my my overall point is his role is entirely different never mind the fact that he had to he suffered that pretty major injury in that stress reaction that kept him out for a month and a half to start training camp so he's still working his way back from that um he's only averaging 23 minutes a game okay last season he averaged 33 minutes He's averaging six less shot attempts. That's huge, okay? At the very least, he's gotten his three-point percentage back up to where it was in his rookie season. He's shooting 36% from three now. And also his catch-and-shoot percentages from three-point land, which is the most important stat you want to hear on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. His catch-and-shoot percentage this year is, is really good. And actually, if you look at his per 36 numbers, they're pretty much right in line with his rookie and sophomore year numbers. I think it's like three points off um, his point total or his point average. But with all that said, I don't think that it's such a 
it's not the regression that people are making it out to be with regards to Kyle Kuzma's quote-unquote setback this year. It's just a totally different context. The, re- the team requires less of him. And for me, I almost commend him. I know some people are, are saying he needs to be more aggressive. Overall, I agree with that sentiment. But at the same time, if all he does is go out there, you know, play within the flow of the offense, not jack up bad shots, which he has been prone to do, and he just hustles and plays hard, and we've seen his defense sort of come around and the physicality to come, and we've seen his physicality come around the last few games too. If at the end of the day, that's all he does, and we continue to win by like 20 points and like absolutely murder these teams, then I could care less if he's averaging 12 points or 19. So your your last thoughts on that. Yeah, I really don't care <laughs> about um, <clears throat> what his production looks like on a stat sheet necessarily. Uh, the fact that as a team, we are playing very well. We are clearly winning most of our games. Um, that's really all I care about. You know, uh, if we want to really, like you said, put him under a microscope and and solely focus and nitpick on Kuzma. Um, sure, there are things that could be a lot better, but I'm choosing to look at how we're playing as a team right now. And uh, it's not something that has like frustrated me just as a fan watching the games. I'm not sitting there thinking, God, like freaking Kyle Kuzma sucks. Like that is not even a thought that pops into my head as I'm watching him play. Um, just like any other player, if he misses a wide open shot, if he has a mental lapse defensively, whatever the case is, I'm, you know, frustrated in that moment, but I don't turn the TV off thinking, wow, that guy's horrible. I wish we didn't have him on this freaking team. Um, I think you make a really good point that who, which other role player has been consistent for us? You know, like you said, no one has been consistent for that matter, but you don't see us going crazy on them. Uh, with the exception of maybe a couple individual players to start the season. But it's really about expectations. And I think we put him on somewhat of a pedestal. Like, he's the guy. He's uh has to fill these large shoes. He needs to be a Chris Bosh, Kevin Love uh, type of producer and all that kind of stuff. And then the fact that he hasn't put up those types of numbers and he hasn't been uh, having that type of impact makes people disappointed. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if fans are frustrated with him and, and clamoring for him to be traded and being, in my opinion, extreme in that type of way, I would say just take a couple steps back, look at how the team is playing. We're blowing teams out. We're scoring so many points. Um, his play is not detrimental to our success at this point. As you pointed out again, for perspective, missed so much time in the off season to start the regular season as well, battling through injuries, whatever, just got to get things going again. Um, let's give it some time before we start going too crazy on this thing. And, uh, yeah, if, if it feels like he's losing us games, (laughs) then maybe we can complain, but that's clearly not the case right now. And also just boiling it down to the simple facts in his last 10 games, he's only attempted more than 10 shots three times. Okay. It's going to be hard for anybody to average 15 points if the shots are not coming his way. And again, they aren't necessarily even putting him in those types of positions. His usage and utilization this season has been different. And you can tell mentally he may be overthinking at this point, overthinking things at this point. But I think that will slowly come around as he continues to be more comfortable and continues to really assess and and understand what his true role is. Right now, him just staying out of the way and not mucking things up is good enough for me. And clearly it's been good enough for the Lakers. So 
And even with all that said, he's had games where he's pretty much been the reason why we won the game, okay? He's hit clutch shots in two or three games. Chicago, New Orleans, Phoenix. I mean, let's calm down. It's only quarter way of the season. Um, Alan, to close this episode, the one question I want to ask you, though, is after this recent stretch that the Lakers have had where they finally, quote-unquote, finally faced off against some actually actual good teams... First, let me know how you were feeling before we went into this stretch against Denver, Utah, Portland, uh, especially because we had just lost to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, let me know how you were feeling coming into it and then coming out of it. How do you feel about the Lakers' legitimacy now as a contending team? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I thought it's such like a lukewarm opinion. It's like, okay, well maybe best case scenario or like an acceptable scenario. We go two and one on the road trip and worst case is one and two. Like I didn't think we were going to get swept. We're not going to lose all three games. Yeah. And uh, I, I did think we would be competitive in every single game. If there was any that I thought we would lose, it would be the second night in Utah, of course, but then Utah, not to take credit away from what we've done is they're, they're kind of in a bit of a skid themselves. Um, but yeah, if there was one that I thought we might just uh, not be feeling it, it would be that one. Portland, you always think is just like a weird freaking game because it's Portland. And even when they've been crap, they beat us up there. There's like a weird curse. Um, but as far as, yeah, going into it, I was like feeling okay. Yeah, I, I didn't think, like I said, we we're going to get swept or anything like that. Now, as far as how I feel now, us coming out of it, um, I mean, I feel a lot better better (laughs) i guess uh not not because like i had any doubts about our team but the fact that not only did we show up and win these games but we were like just stomping on these teams you know really like put our foot on their throats uh Again, like that Portland game, just because there's this weird voodoo crap going on with Portland. No pun with like voodoo donuts up there. But (laughs) we friggin' blew them out. Yeah, there you go. Um, The fact that within the first few minutes of the game, it's like, okay, yeah, this is over. Like that that does not happen up there. Um, And yeah, like putting up 120 whatever points against Utah, like that doesn't happen either. So, like, you have LeBron sliding around in his socks, like, on the baseline on the bench. Um, yeah, dude, it's it just felt really good, you know. And, and I, yeah. I try not to care or pay much attention to people on Twitter who, you know, they're saying that the Lakers aren't legit, whatever, and all this kind of stuff. But I, I'll admit, like, there's a part of me that um, is glad that maybe it shuts a few of those people up or gets them oh, yeah. to kind of bite their tongues a little bit more, you know, just to show a little bit of respect. But yeah, I would say it feels damn good right now, dude. <laughs> it feels damn good. Yeah. And you know, those detractors, every step along the way, they'll always try and find the one hole that they can cling on to or grasp and that was the last one the strength of schedule thing and now yeah. their next their next target is well they haven't played the clippers or the bucks yet let's see you know sure or that's fine. keeping heaping bigger expectations onto us can this team win 75 wins and if we don't it's somehow <laughs> a disappointment you know so whatever man <laughs> if we end up winning like 58 games i'll be freaking happy i don't care oh absolutely well the one thing that i learned from this past week was and and for one thing i'm glad that we lost to the dallas mavericks because i wanted to see how they'd respond right up until mm. this point we were talking about how well 
this team keeps saying that they don't want to talk about it. They want to be about it. So if when something like that happens, their first loss in 10 games against a really good team, how are they going to respond, right? And they responded, you know, in spades. Pretty much the best case scenario of how I thought that they would respond. And the one thing I'm confident about is that when this team sets their mind to it and they're absolutely focused, it, it doesn't seem like any team can beat them. Like that was as tough a stretch as you could imagine in terms of back-to-back on the road in these mile-high, super-cold cities um, with high altitude and everything like that, with the team sick, and them still trudging and pushing through it, showing that grit, and on the second night of a back-to-back, absolutely clowning the Utah Jazz. And then against Portland, you know, like you mentioned, there's a curse on us in Portland. It's like an annual tradition that we just lose, regardless of what type of roster we have or regardless of what type of roster Portland has. And... uh, Like you mentioned, by the second quarter, we knew this game was done. And even though the Blazers would cut it to within 10 or 12, like, I was never worried, you know? So, and against the Timberwolves game, I was eating Korean barbecue last night and not really paying attention to the game because I knew that they would get the job done. And even though the game was within 10 to 15 points the entire night, were you ever actually worried? No, (laughs) not at all. That is the type of effect that this team has and from the plane pick that we saw and the camaraderie and just how they can, I hate using this term, but we're back into that place, Alan, where this team can flip on the switch. But because it's like so new to them, they can maintain that. And they flip on that switch, they are laser focused, and when they put and set their mind to something and they really want to go out there and beat a team, there's no stopping them. Again, their next toughest stretch is going to be this this uh, upcoming road trip um, and leading into Christmas when they play the Bucks, Denver, and then the Clippers. We'll see how they respond to that. But so far, so good. I like what I've seen, and they continue to pleasantly surprise me all along the way. Um, so yeah, with that said, thank you guys for joining us. Please follow us on Twitter, at LakersLegacyPod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. Help us get to 420 times 20. And, uh, yeah, Alan, I'll catch you later. Laters. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.